what Brené Brown said, you know, I'm only willing to... I love her. Uh, I love her too. You know, I'm only willing to take advice from people who are in the arena with me sharing their shit. If you're sitting up in the cheap sheets shouting crap, you can go fuck off, mate. Do you know what I mean? And thank you so much for listening in. I am Roberta, the illustrator behind Happy Impulse. And this is Happy Impulse Unfiltered, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the bullshit happening in our society and I create art about it. Because the more we talk about this shit, these issues, the more we can change and better the world around us. So, welcome to Happy Impulse Unfiltered and thank you for giving a fuck. I am super stoked to welcome James Martin to the podcast. He is a logo designer and more recently, an author. I'm a huge fan and lucky enough to call him a friend. When he's not creating logos, he is constantly showing up for the creative community by being his authentic bearded self. While some people hide their flaws on social media, James doesn't. Hey James, thank you so much for being here. So, so, also, James does a lot for the community by showing up and connecting with people and being himself, which doesn't happen often. A lot of people hide away behind the vanity of Instagram, and he doesn't. Hey, James, thank you so much for being here, and how are you? Hello, Robert. How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm good, thank you. That was uh, probably one of the nicer intros I've had on on a podcast. I'm stoked to be here. Thanks for thanks for having me, as they say over here in the UK. <laughs> Don't cry already. You said you were going to cry, but it's too early for that. Crikey. Before we dive a little bit deeper, would you mind telling the listeners a little bit about you? I am a human first. That's a very important thing. But yeah, my, if, if anybody that doesn't know me, my name is James Martin. A lot of you may know me on social media, Instagram and YouTube and the old internet as Made by James. I am a full-time logo designer now. I run a design agency called Baby Giant Design Co. on the south coast of the UK, where we create all sorts of cool, creative stuff. But yeah, over the last five years or so, I've kind of fully niched down into logo design and over the last couple of years I've kind of fallen into this educator honest unfiltered bearded thing that's that's happened um which I'm really embracing and as as my friend here just said I have recently somehow managed to write a book so um yeah it's um it's a crazy ride, but it's one that I'm enjoying. That is the very short version, which I think is good, considering we haven't got much time. <laughs> You've kind of already answered how your creativity has impacted the world around you, just because you just mentioned you've been educating a little bit. You've been kind of teaching and passing along your creative genius. This is kind of the secret sauce, but it's raw and it's honest and it's open. But yeah, so I suppose it's all—it's also my secret source, and I, I think that's something important to 
to kind of, which is something I always openly share as well. It's like the stuff that's worked for me won't always work for other people. I think it's important to, you know, to absorb knowledge from people, uh, for many, many different people, and then obviously take what it is you think's interesting and useful and then use it for yourself. But yeah, there is definitely no one size fits all, I don't think, with creativity. But I mean, I think that's, you know, from my point of view, when I was growing, I mean, obviously I grew up in a, as a designer without things like Instagram or social media or any, yeah, any social media really. So kind of knowledge was always gained within the agency or by your peers or stuff like that and obviously with the growth of social media it's now it's great but it's also very difficult to know what's real and what's not and that's and I think that's where you know I'm I'm trying to make us make my small differences you know obviously I'm a logo designer in the logo design world right now you know I'm living breathing it with the other logo designers and sharing my experiences with my clients and my personal life and all the rest of it. And I say, like, I think sometimes that unfiltered approach rather than, um, I made 14 million pounds yesterday uh, by affiliate marketing because I'm a genius. Um, I sometimes tell people that, you know, sometimes I lose a client, you know, sometimes I have to sack a client. Sometimes the client has to sack me. Do you know what I mean? It, you know, I don't think it's as clear cut as, what it's made out to be on social. So I just try and bring it back to the center. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a big seesaw man. You know, I don't like to be up here. I don't, I don't like to be down here. I like to be in the middle, keeping the conversation real. That's what, there you go. Seesaw analogy for you. What's kind of interesting about that is I recently kind of begun to understand the concept that even though we're the hero of our own story, we're sometimes the villain in someone else's story. And it kind of keeps you in check. You're like, oh, I'm a badass. I'm awesome. But then you're like, oh, I'm also kind of a shitbag sometimes. And unfortunately, I've kind of hurt the world around me, even though I've been trying to be helpful. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll break it down into obviously my personal life as well with reference to logo design. You know, I like being wrong sometimes. I like it when my clients push back and tell me, you know, I don't like this or it's not really for me because as you say suddenly I get this I think if you're right all the time and you're constantly being told you're right all the time suddenly it's like well I'm right all the time you know and then so when somebody says that's not right we go hey but I'm right all the time I think it's important to be um kicked in the stomach every now and again yeah obviously nicely you know as, as long as nobody's calling me a dick I'm all right but you know if they're being constructive and saying you know, I, I don't agree because, you know, I'm, I'm always open for conversation. I think that's probably the biggest thing I'm trying to do is, you know, open conversation. And I think opening that conversation is is helping people to to open up themselves, possibly. So, I mean, that, that's what I hope for anyway. Um, but, yeah, I love being wrong, when, especially when it comes to work. Because I'll tell you what, if I was right all the time with my logo design, I probably wouldn't be doing logo design anymore. I'd probably think, well, this is a bit too easy. I'm going to go and do something else. <laughs> um, but it's not like that, which is great. And that's the other thing. I mean, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make as well with social media. I like to share you know, this project didn't work because of this, or this is where the project started and this is where it finished and this was the process. And, you know, especially, I can only really talk about logo design because that's my industry, but, you know, people will just share a finished thing and say it was great. Look at my great design. 
you know they they don't really share that story in between and i think i think that's where the really interesting stuff is like how can you how do you get from a to b i think the journey is the most important thing when it comes to design life personal business and everything so um yeah that's where the magic happens well not always magic but that's where the fun stuff happens the interesting (laughs) stuff the stuff we're talking about anyway people's stories are so important and how they impact the world and how that's one of the reasons why i love having these conversations i know for a fact that you have james you're willing to be honest you're willing to connect with other designers other creatives but you're also willing just to connect on a very human level when most people don't because we live in this fast paced society where we're just trying to climb the ladder as quickly as possible. But at the end of the day, have those accomplishments led to making the world a better place? Have you helped create accessibility on websites? Have you had the hard conversations with your clients that we need more diversity? I know that we've talked about challenging topics in the past, what is a challenging topic you're willing to talk about and have a hard conversation on that's impacted your life? Um, well, I ran out of toast this morning, which was a really, really tough one. Um, <laughs> no, 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 I'm joking. Damn the toast fairy. Uh, damn. It's even, it's even worse when you run out of butter too, to be fair. Um, well, you know, I mean, yeah, we've, we've openly chatted about my past before and I'm more than happy to, to share to share that with you again here for the listeners you know the the story of you know child abuse um sexually abused as a young 11 year old boy by my my male maths teacher which is probably why i hate maths now but you know i think i think that's uh I think that's probably one of the, you know, probably something I'm still dealing with today in some respects. I think it is something that I believe has made me who I am today, but maybe not for all the right reasons. You know, there's probably, you know, there's the reason I had a drug addiction in my in my teens. There's a there's a reason I was expelled from my school uh, because of drugs. You know. And, you know, looking back on it in slightly older and wiser eyes, you know, maybe... Because I, I, I didn't talk about it for a very, very long time. Like, probably from... So it happened at 11, probably until the age of 18, 19. So eight years, I kind of lived with it by myself. Possibly not... Well, probably, A, not really understanding it. I suppose at 11, I suppose, you don't really understand anything. And obviously, because it was a person of authority, you know, I was a very privileged privileged human you know I've been I've been very privileged you know with reference to schooling you know I was privately educated and which was you know which is great but you know with that flip side so I you know I started boarding you know when I say boarding you know it's kind of where you leave home to go and live at school basically so that, that was at the age of I think I started boarding at 10 9 or 10 and then obviously boarded school boarding school all the all the way to 17 when I was kicked out and then left left home and lived by myself. We lived with my mate in Salisbury with his parents, uh, or his sorry, his mum, sorry, and her partner. So yeah, I mean that's. I mean I think that's probably possibly. I think it's something possibly I'll always be dealing with in some respect. I think now, say thirty seven now, I've opened up about it. Yeah, you know, a long time ago now. Forgiven the person that I became 
due to it. But you know, I've also taken, you know, it's difficult to take positives out of situations like that, but I think it's important to try. I know that it's hard to come out of positives with any situation, but I can give you a positive. Mm-hmm. So I know from personal experience, um, when you made the announcement, because you and I had talked about it a little bit before you had kind of revealed it on Instagram, yeah, where you have this huge platform. And I know for a fact, because I've spoken to some, a few women about this, who are greatly encouraged that you did that because they know it's especially hard for men who have gone through things like that and to, to talk about it in any respect at all. I know they think a lot of you for that. And so these women who have also kept silent a lot. Yeah. I mean, I kept silent for a while too, but when other people who have larger platforms are willing to dive deeper and to share those honest truths, it gives us hope. Yeah. And I think you're one of a very few people apart from, you know, parents, brother, friends here, you know, who I kind of, you know, we got, we got pretty close, pretty quick, you know, quite, quite deep, pretty quick, but that's always a sign <laughs> of good friendship. Actually, weirdly, kind of became less about me. I've forgiven the man. I don't hate him for it at all. Yeah, I think that's the only way I could possibly get going and a carry on. You know, he's not on my Christmas card list, don't get me wrong, but you know, I think it's important to kind of let it go. But then, you know, speaking to you and speaking to a couple of other of my friends online, and it wasn't like something that I'm just going to, you know, I woke up one morning and thought, yeah, I'm going to share this today. It was a quite a long, drawn out process of, is it the right thing to do? And I realized that it was bigger than me. And I think that's something that made me really do it, to be fair. You know, and that's the reason why I do share so much, because there are so many people going through so much shit. But... I don't think there's enough people willing to share their own shit. You know, they, they get upset or, you know, give people a little like, you know, when they hear somebody else going through it. But we've all got what you would call, I suppose, skeletons in the closet or bad past. You know, nobody's gone through an easy, easy life, you know, and this was a part of mine. And I, and I, I said, like, the more I became comfortable with it myself the more I realized it was a powerful conversation to have you know and as you say I've got I've got a platform now to have these conversations and I don't want people to be scared of having these conversations because they are a part of who we are I know it's not easy I'm not suggesting that everybody just goes on Instagram tomorrow <laughs> and just puts out <laughs> everybody because that would be a pretty deep deep tomorrow going through that feed but um no I think it's I think I mean I I found like massive power in opening up and talking about it you know it's the old cliche I wish I'd done it earlier but and I but again like I, I do truly believe that it has you know had a positive impact on me and I think it has had a positive impact on so you know I got some lovely you know, not lovely messages, but I got some messages that were lovely in respect, you know, after I posted that, you know, talking about bits and pieces that had happened to them in their life and, you know, thanking me for making it okay to talk about it and all the rest of it. And I mean, that, that and that's, that was more powerful for me. As I say, because it wasn't, I didn't do it for me. I knew there would be somebody else out there hurting. And I thought, if I can put myself out there and be vulnerable and allow myself to be vulnerable, I hope that, you know, contributes to somebody else's 
kind of release a bit or breath. Because sometimes, as I say, sometimes, you know, you have to do stuff for unselfish reasons. Selfish reasons? Unselfish, I think. That's, yeah, I, I don't know. But you know what I mean. You're normalizing a conversation that's hard to have, and you already know that I'm all for that. Because part of the reason behind this podcast is that I do want to have these conversations. I mean, maybe when you were younger or maybe when I was younger, I would have loved if people had spoken about these things because I think I would have felt more comfortable in the world instead of like an outcast or instead of like someone has hurt me or marked me in this way where I don't fit in. Yeah. When really what it is, is none of us fit in. And that's kind of what makes us interesting because we then all still connect and we're so all interesting. We're not these surface level people. We're these layers and we are interesting. We have these stories and we have the, these heartbreaks. We have these moments of peace and joy. And sometimes that's kind of all we show, but we have to realize that we, if we don't talk about the hard shit, we're just keeping it bottled up and we're letting it kind of fester within us. My theory is that silence is consent by us being silent about it. We're not letting what the bad things happen, of course, but we're kind of hiding that they are happening. And I, I also think, you know, talking openly about the good and the bad brings, makes the good a bit gooder. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? In a, in a, weird, in a, in a weird kind of way. I mean, you know, if you're constantly talking about all the good shit that's happening in your life, crikey, I mean... <laughs> How, how interesting is that? But, you know, I said, I've, I've even opened up about mine and my wife's, you know, issues with having kids. You know, we've been trying to have kids for almost, you know, eight years now. Um, and it's just not happening, you know. We're extremely fertile, but it's, you know, going through IVF at the moment. We've gone through failed, two failed transfers and three miscarriages before that. And, and that was another conversation I had you know, or through the old gram. You know, again, the response I got from that was, is, is power, you know, the, it, there was, as you say, there are so many people hurting. And I think when, I think when people can open themselves up and be vulnerable to the hurt that they've experienced, I mean, the power it gives other people, I think is, is the true power. Yeah, crikey, this has got, this, you did warn me this would get deep, you know, crikey. <laughs> I mean, I did. You haven't cried yet, which is good, so that's, that's a good thing. I mean, I got I got close to a little a little teary earlier, but yeah, I'm hiding it, it well. Yeah. I can give you I can give you encouragement for infertility, or well, I mean, you are fertile, and your wife is yeah. very fertile. And now this is yeah. very awkward, <laughs> but th- this is this is my encouragement. My mom had me when she was 48. Yeah, and they had been trying for like 25 yeah. years. Does that mean we're going to have a Roberta? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be upset about it. I, 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 I have no doubt whatsoever about that either. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're, we're excited, you know, and it's something, it is something that we are, we are going through. And, uh, you know, that's, but again, it's, it's life. I think this is the cloud that happens with social media, that it kind of becomes this, you know, it's a, this elysium where it's just beauty, happiness, Tight butts, big boobs, fast cars, I brilliant do not holidays. Fit, I do not fit in. 
<laughs> to, be, to be fair, neither do I. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's the perfection. It's the people showing the, their perfect selves, showing their perfect lives, you know. But a lot of these times, these people are taking pictures in front of other people's cars and passing it off as their own life. I mean, these are, this is the facade that happens, which is why I think it's really important to bring the dial back. So I, I don't, I personally really, I don't think social media is the problem. Social media is by far the problem. It's how people use social media is the problem for me. Social media is a great tool if used correctly. Yeah, it's a great way to build. I mean, we would not know each other without social media. Oh, exactly. It's a great way to build relationships. It's a great way to build businesses. It shouldn't be the only way you build your business, but it's a great way to do that. Yeah, friendships and you know, starting conversations. I say the issue is the way certain people use it creates this weird idea of what people, how people live, and how much how happy they are and all the rest of it and I think I think that's where the annoyance is for me and you know it's the the cheeky backstabbing behind your back and the, the random twats who jump on your feed and go your work shit and then run away you know even though they don't even though they don't even though they don't follow you know you or do anything you know yeah that those are the people that I feel give social media a bad name I say it's not the platforms it's the actual it's the way people are using it. I'm not going to get all old man on you. <laughs> no, I think what social media has done, it's it's us connect with people we'd never would have connected with. It's expanded how we can easily find things in the world. We can connect with people. But it's also shown us that at some point that the world expects us to be perfect. And it's, I really blame kind of advertising on this. Mm. And the problem with that is I have worked in advertising, so I guess I was... I'm, I am the problem, James, so let's be this clear. This is your fault. This, this, yeah. is, this is my fault. This is all your Part fault. Part of it is because I was working on different accounts. We'd have to find people who are like, oh, we don't like this person because of this thing, or we need to Photoshop. We don't like her body. Ugh. One of the atrocious things that I've I've done, and I will I will freely admit that I don't like to talk about is that there is a book cover out into the world that has someone's face and someone else's body that is not the woman's face. And I know that exists. Yeah, but that's that's not just on you. That that's that's that happens all the time. Probably more often than people realise. Yeah. Like like all the time. Yeah. All the time. If we talk about it, and I think what's great that we have started talking about it more, we're like, oh, well, this is a fake photo or that this isn't real or all of these things are, it's all an illusion. And Mm -hmm. by talking about it, we're saying that like perfect isn't the standard. It's the fantasy. Yeah. And it's taken me a long time to get to that place. It's taken me that time of, I am starting to post photos of myself on my Instagram, which I hate, but I'm doing it. I'm getting there, but I'm fine with, Seeing the shit on Instagram. I'm fine with people saying, oh, today fucking sucked. But you know what? Today is going to be better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. But guess what? It yeah. still sucked ass. Da, 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 da. I'm fine with people ranting because sometimes I want to rant. I want to bitch. I want to say that yeah. everything sucks. The trolls out there who are just saying your work sucks, they're hurting in a way that they just want to lash out. Yeah, there's, there's something. There is something deeper going on they're they're not but yeah i mean i i often i actually feel sorry for these people you know and i you know when i was a younger 
less wise, slightly more gobby <laughs> um, bearded guy, um, I would have reacted to it, you know. But now I'm starting to learn, you know, have a little, you know, empathy, or I suppose, or sympathy. I don't know which way you want to kind of look at it for, you know, what, what, why, why are these people hurting so much that they have to? You know, I'm not, like, please don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about people who come on your feed, give you some maybe overly zealous criticism, but it is, it, sometimes it can be, stuff can be taken out of context. I'm not talking about people who are giving you criticism or constructive criticism on your work. I'm talking about the people who are just coming on going, this is shit logo design, without any prior knowledge. They don't share any work themselves. You know, it's like what Brené Brown said, you know, I'm only willing to... I love her. I'm only, I love her too. You know, I'm only willing to take advice from people who are in the arena with me sharing their shit. If you're sitting up in the cheap sheets shouting crap, you can go fuck off, mate. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, I, I, what, those are the people that I'm talking about. You know, I, I now look at these people and think, why, what, why are you hurting so much that you, you feel that this is the right way to live your life? Slash, what's what's happened to you that you think it's okay to go to another person who's willing to put their shit out there, you know, and be judged for it, be vulnerable? What gives you the right, and why are you hurt? What's happened in your life that you think it's okay to do what you're doing right now? That's where the kind of and I've gone from three years ago giving them both barrels, you know, <laughs> two years ago giving them one barrel. A year ago, probably just coming up with something sarcastic and witty to now asking them, why are you hurting? <laughs> you know, what, what is wrong? You know, what, why, why do you feel that this is right? And often when you do approach them in that way, they say sorry, because they know that they're, what they're doing I is wrong. I love that. Uh, they know what they're doing is wrong. So. I love that transition because sometimes people never get to that. I mean, I've had a few negative comments, but probably nowhere near because I'm not as large as you, of course, on Instagram, where... I'm glad you said on Instagram, crikey. <laughs> just for clarity, just for clarity. Just for clarity, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have um, as large of a platform. And so my criticism, like, people will say, like, things about my sexuality or things about, like, like just different comments about different things that I post. And I think I've come to the point where... I like having it only because I'm not going to delete it because it's a learning moment for me, but I do think I need to address it. Are you okay when people respond like that? I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. It's not, it's not usually the go-to first type. My first thing goes in my mind is how can I destroy this guy? How can I, <laughs> girl, you know, how can, why, you know, I hate them. Why are they, you know, creatives, you know, we are passionate we're emotional sometimes overly emotional I, what I'm I suppose what I'm learning to do now is breathe before I react you know think think bigger but think bigger than me I suppose that's kind of what's helped me a little bit creativity is when you post things on social media as a creative you're putting your soul out there in a way that is kind of uncomfortable and when you're posting it you're already in the mindset of or at least a little bit, you're kind of like, oh, this sucks ass a little bit, or I see all these errors with it, and I'm going to post it anyway. I'm choosing to be brave. And then you do it, and you get that one comment of like, hey, your work sucks. And yeah. I think what's hard is for those who are just starting out and are just posting, and they get that shit 
early. It's difficult to come back. Exactly. It might stop them from pushing forward. Yeah. And I hate that because when I first started posting, I was complete shit. When I first started illustrating, I was, I couldn't illustrate out of a paper bag. Like it was, oh God, it was bad. I'm sure you weren't that bad because you're pretty epic now. (laughs) Oh, no, no, I was. But that's the beauty. That's what I kind of loved about Instagram when I first started posting, because I was like, I'm going to post every single day. And I did for a Mm. while. And then I got lazy. It's tough though, isn't it? Crikey. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, it is, it is. I mean, it is. I'm, I'm like, for example, Fridays are now my day off. And I usually have maybe another, I usually have two days off out of seven because it's just, I think it's nice to be able to, I was getting to a stage where I was sitting there, you know, on my weekends with my friends, (laughs) engaging with people on my phone more than I was engaging with people in my vicinity. Like I could touch you know, I used to do that with my wife and my parents, you know, and I'd go down and see my parents or go over and we'd go for a walk and I'd be on my phone all the time. And I'd be like, this shit has to stop. So now I've just decided like Friday, after we finish this call, you know, my phone will be off and it will not be turned back on until tomorrow afternoon. So I get my whole Friday evening. I mean, if, if somebody's dying, I mean, they're, they're fucked because I'm not gonna pick up the phone to <laughs> But you know, but they can always phone Kate. But you know, that, I mean, that's, that's some, but these are things I think you start to learn to do. You know, obviously we've got close to, God, almost, yeah, I think 190,000 followers now on Instagram. And I have a, I have a tie to them, you know, I, I love, I mean, obviously, they don't all see my work because, you know, it's Instagram's fault. But, you know, I feel like that I've got a massive responsibility to turn up for these people and show up for these people as well as for myself. You know, and I, I enjoy I enjoy that role as a whether you want to call it a mentor or an educator or just a guide or whatever it is or some sort of inspiration. You know, I, I embrace that. But sometimes I think it was like, was it Maya Angelou said or something along those lines, you know, to be able to exhale you need to be able to inhale and i think by what she means there is if you you can't constantly give your all and not give anything back to yourself you know so i'm really starting to get into a process of taking some james time taking you know i need if i want to keep giving what i'm giving as much as i can and as much as i do i need to take some time for myself to allow me to do that and i think as soon as you become more okay with that, the social media beast bubble, for example, like I'm not I'm gonna turn my phone off and I'm gonna turn it back on tomorrow afternoon and Instagram will still be there. Social media will still be there. The world will still be going round. The sun will still come up, hopefully. Um, I don't know that for sure, everybody, but you know, I, I reckon it will. You know, I think that's as soon as you kind of get into this, because I, I was I very quickly, a couple of years ago, when it, my, the, the, Insta, the gram started to grow, I have to be on it all the time. On it, on it, on it. I have to show up. I have to do this. I have to do that. And you get into this kind of weird. I'm working harder on my social media than I am on myself. You know, what the what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> so now I think over time you just find a bit of balance. So I went off on a little tangent there, but I had to get it out. No, it's like it's... you as a kid, just excited, just trying to get it out. No, but it's a healthy <laughs> it's a healthy mindset to have. Where and I love that you announce it. I love that on Friday you're like, hey guys goodbye until whenever like goodbye until like maybe monday goodbye until like i show back up you're letting people know that like you're here but 
you're here for yourself as well. So you're saying goodbye to Instagram just for a little bit. You will be back, but you need you time and you show on your Instagram, not only your logo creation process or not only teaching or words of encouragement or the ugly truth of logo design. You also, (laughs) you also show that you are spending time with friends. You're spending time with your wife. You're spending time outside. Can I talk about the doggo? Of course you can. Yeah. I mean, he's famous. He is famous. (laughs) He is. And you're spending time like hiking and being outside. And I don't go outside as much as I should, except with the doggo occasionally, but you're showing it. You're showing that you're actually doing it and that you're encouraging in a way other people to do the same. And I think that hopefully we're going to get to a place in the world where we're like, hey guys, you can hit me up on the weekend, but I might not respond until Monday. And you know what? That's perfectly okay. But do you, th- do you think that's, sorry, I didn't mean to put in there, but do you think, for example, on that, do you think that's our work culture that's kind of created that as well? You know, for example, mobile phones, we're always contactable. And I think, especially if you, when you work for yourself, like I do, you know, if somebody messages me on a Saturday, especially with all these freaking new iPhones and all that crap, it says red. They've seen, they've seen that I've read their message, but I'm not getting back to them. But I think it is the kind of city culture, 60, 70, 80 hour weeks. And I think people have got this perception that if you take some time for yourself, you're weak and you're not making the best oh, of your life and you're, and you're failing. Yeah. And, and, and fuck that. Exactly. And I think and I think that's what people, I think that's what's happening. People are kind of, they, they fall into this, the trap of if I'm, you know, if I'm awake, I have to be working, you know, I can sleep when I'm dead, you know, all this kind of fucking oh, no. fuck, fuck poet, that poetic shit. bullshit. I love yeah. naps. <laughs> yeah, because I tell you what, when you are old and you might have all the money in the world, I guarantee when you're sitting there lonely as fuck going um well i'm really really rich but i don't think i've really connected with anybody or had any fun for the last 40 years you'll want it back yeah remember that i mean that's so hard for creatives because a lot of time they're like oh but my heart is in my work and they're always on because they're always like oh i'm thinking of a new like creation i'm thinking about this logo and sometimes because of social media which i know that we talked a lot about so it is one of those things that i feel like we're giving a fuck about social media this time (laughs) Yeah, it's because we see other people showing up all the time. And so we feel like we're all competing with each other when really it's there's enough room in the world for all of us. There's enough room out there and it's healthy to take a break. It's healthy to need rest. It's healthy to say, you know what? I'm cutting off my phone. I'm spending time with my significant other because by you showcasing that by others showcasing it, it's giving other people who are trying to get to your level because James, you are a master. So it's giving permission to those people who are trying to get to that level of mastery. You're giving them permission to have a break. But can I, I'll also say another thing. I have, I have many friends who aren't on social media at all, who have absolutely fantastic lives. You know, and I think, I think that's the, you don't have to be on social media. I mean, this is, this is the other thing. I mean, social media, I'm on it because I choose to be on it. I, I'm on it as much as I am because I choose oh, to be on it. If I have friends who don't have any, like literally, but you know, the, um, uh, I was lost where I was there. But yeah, I, have, I say I have friends that, 
don't even, you know, have apps. They have, obviously they have apps on their phone, but they don't have Instagram, don't have Facebook, don't have Twitter or anything like that. And they're living happy, fruitful, thriving lives. When you take, I think the problem is people are like, I have to be on social media. I have to be posting every day. I have to be doing, you don't have to do anything. It really, you really don't have to do anything. It's your choice. I mean, I think as soon as you claim ownership of what it is you do, it becomes very easy to find clarity and focus in the person that you want to be. So that, that's, that's my two pennies worth. Would you be willing to talk about kind of your journey from when you were younger, when you were hurt, and I know that you had talked about addiction and a few things, but would you mind diving a little bit deeper? No, not at all. Uh, so where, where would you like me to... So, so would how I, uh, how I got out of that be a useful, useful conversation, I do think, you think? Or? I think if you wouldn't mind talking about kind of the experience, how you, how you got out of it, how that you kind of healed from it. And I know that you said that you're currently still healing. Mm -hmm. But I think that's so valuable because some people could be hurting and not realizing they're in those situations because you said, because of authority. Because sometimes when you have, when you're in those positions and authority is taking advantage of that, there's no hope, honestly. There's this, I'm stuck in this, for so long, I'm stuck in this. Yeah, it initially happened when I was 11. I said, I lived with it for a long time. And then, yeah, kind of, I, I, I probably wouldn't blame it totally on him. But, you know, obviously growing up as a teen, you know, going for your teenage boy, adolescence, you know, sli always slightly rebellious. So kind of started to smoke a bit of weed and do some drugs on the weekend. And that slowly kind of spiralled into every day every night then obviously after a while I was expelled from school and left home that was it became very much like not being able to function without either alcohol or some sort of drug in my system and I, that, I kind of lived like that for a couple of years you know even going to work high as a kite driving high as a kite you know looking back on it now not very clever things that I was doing. So, yeah, so that kind of carried on for two years um, from the age of about, let's say, 18 to 20. And, you know, I literally just woke up one day, you know, that kind of classic, oh, I woke up one day and just saw the light. You know, I, I, didn't, see the, I didn't see any light, but I definitely woke up one day and just thought, you know, what, what on earth am I doing with myself? Not, not necessarily thinking I was better than this, but I knew I had more to offer for, you know, what on earth am I doing with myself? What am I, is this, you know, is this who I want to be? Is this, is this right? Which I knew it wasn't. And yeah, so, and I said like that, that morning, I just, I just kind of had, basically just had enough of who I was, who I was becoming, because I wasn't becoming a very nice person. Uh, and a person I personally didn't like either. By that time, I hadn't spoken to my dad for a couple of years. Lost all my friends around here. The friends I did have, we we're only friends because of our common commonality, which was drugs, alcohol, booze, women, you know, and all the rest of it. So, yeah, I 
basically, I said, I like, woke up one day and thought, enough's enough. You know, obviously I didn't stop everything then. You know, I still smoke the odd spliff every now and again, but I think it's not, not, it's not a, never a bad thing. I, I, I say, I basically just kind of thought, this is, this is not me anymore and decided to enroll into the local college got myself into a foundation which is basically where you start where you study like all facets of art which kind of led me into graphic design you know and then from that I then did a diploma in graphic design and then from there I went on and did a university degree in graphic design and then from there I got a job in graphic design and now 16 years later I'm talking to you <laughs> so um yeah it's been it's been a hell of a a hell of a journey. As I, I remember that day like it was yesterday, the day it all changed. Lying in bed, come down after a night of clubbing, thinking I need to go to work, trying to phone up sick, them telling me, get to work. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then, yeah, and as I said, like now I'm far from perfect, but yeah, so it's just, uh, just, it's just a mate when I, I, I find it amazing looking back on it, but knowing where I was. But today, it's, it's weird... But it's important that I, I do share these situations and I do share them openly online. And, you know, I don't pass can either, it can either make you or break you. And I've kind of used it in a positive way to really help, to really help me, I suppose. I suppose not help me, but you kind of, I do believe that could have gone either way at that point. And luckily I managed to snap out of it. And it was just down to communicating, opening up, accepting I was a twat um, and then from there just self-improvement and growth what was it like it when you found art after waking up because you said you took art foundation classes yeah art saved my life I have no doubt about it creativity saved my life it was the only thing I really had left you know I mean don't get me wrong I said yeah I could have always gone back home my mum and my mum and dad were always have always been fantastic and you know although we didn't talk very much they were very accepting when I wanted to come home and all the rest of it but without art and without that direction I, I'm not too sure where I'd be probably you know without being too dramatic maybe dead maybe in jail you know I could I could have been gutter I don't know some somewhere probably would never have been that bad because you know I said my parents are, are great but you know I was on a very very slippery slope you know stealing for drugs so yeah stealing from people to feed my habit you know it was you know, there were very very dark times yeah I, I truly believe I said that one day I woke up and art was the first thing I knew I could go back into it was something that I'd done forever wasn't the best at it but it was something that I always felt that I had the creative side and I, I truly believe that without it as I said that it, art did change my life I think or save my life I suppose is there anything that you would tell your younger self the you now yeah I would tell them not to change a thing <laughs> honestly I would I get asked this question a bit and I would not I mean, my journey is my journey and I wouldn't be where I am today without being through the things that I've gone through. I believe it was a part, it was always a part of my destiny or whatever you want to call it. It was always a part of my journey. You know, a lot of people don't believe in predetermined bits and pieces, but you know, I truly believe that everything I've gone through, I was supposed to get go through and get through to get to where I am today. So if I could go back 
Well, probably what I would say is probably go and invest in Facebook or something. <laughs> or maybe, maybe, maybe that might be a good one. <laughs> but, you know, I, honestly, and I, I mean this totally honestly, I would, I would just tell him to carry on. It would get, it'll get easier. You'll, you'll be okay. And no shortcuts. You know, no shortcuts. Just you've got you to gotta ride the good and the bad to get to where you want to be. So, um, yeah, I would just... I probably wouldn't even go up to myself... <laughs> I'd probably just like watch him from afar and just go, you'll be all right, buddy. You'll be all right. You'll get there. That's kind of what I would do. I feel that with all of this shit, without it, if we change like one small thing, it might change who we are today and yeah, would be... The butterfly effect. Right. Would it? we be willing to risk that? Even though it would solve the hurt at that time in our lives, would we be willing to risk the possible impact of hope and encouragement and people that we've gotten to connect with over it who who are probably hurting in the world too Mm. yeah i mean i believe we all go through the stuff we're supposed to go through yeah as i said we all have choice we all have yeah obviously sometimes choice gets taken away from us um and sometimes stuff happens to us that is not our fault and that's that happens to everybody all over the world and yeah, I say I, I truly believe that we have to go through things, certain things, to become the people that we're supposed to be. I say I'm not, I'm not super spiritual, or I say I'm not. I come kind of coming across like I'm super spiritual, but I'm really not. I'm just very. I, I just believe that everything that's happened to me was supposed to happen to me, and it maybe happened to me, so it didn't happen to somebody else. That's that's that. I don't know. Maybe I was always strong enough. Maybe it happened to me because. I was strong enough to deal with it. Who knows? Who knows the answers to to all to of that life. stuff? But <laughs> who knows the yeah, answers? Yeah, I mean, crikey. Who, who, there is the no meaning questions. of life. <laughs> what yeah. is, James, yeah. James, this is this is the burning question everyone wants to know. Okay, what is the yeah. meaning of life? This is the burning question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have absolutely no idea, but I probably would say that there isn't one. Uh, because if there is one, then we'd all be striving for the same shit, wouldn't we? Yeah, who knows? Fuck the meaning <laughs> to life, unless... We all create our own meaning by... I don't know, we all create our own meaning. So, I think that you've healed a lot. I think that's encouraging to a lot of people who might be stuck in similar situations, who haven't come to that point, who are still in that moment of... They're still addicted to things, but they're really good at hiding it. Is there any insights or words of encouragement that you would share with... Because I know there's a lot more resources for women, but are there words of encouragement that you would share with men who who are dealing with this? Yeah, um, I mean, the only encouragement... I mean, it's difficult. We're all different, and we all react to di- situations differently, um, and we all react and open up at different different stages and you know I, I think the important thing is is not to is to talk about stuff when you're ready but also I think as a man I think when you you know I've never been a manly man you know that I'm not particularly I'm not I'm not a big your beard uh, tells lies bound. <laughs> yeah yeah the beard is the most manly thing about me you know so I mean I've always been very in tune with myself and well not always but you know I've you know especially over the last five years decade you know, I've really understood who I am and know who I want to be and that has really helped me kind of open up and be okay with myself and I think that's a lot of thing you know I think men have this 
we have to be strong. Yes, you know, grew up in like late 80s, early 90s, and I was very lucky. But my, my dad, who grew up in the 50s and 60s, you know, is very different. You know, is very show no pain, never cry. You're weak if you do this, you're weak if you do that. Where I think nowadays, thank God, it's, it's a different world. It's okay to be upset, it's okay to be vulnerable, it's okay to show you're hurting and be honest about how you feel. I think what I would, the one thing I would say to to anybody is, male for example, if that's your question, is, is just to reach out to your friends, you know, or reach out to your parents or reach out to your wife and just start talking, you know, openly communicate what's going on in your mind. Because the problem is, this is why a lot of shit hits the fan. It brews, it brews, it brews, it brews, it brews, and suddenly it explodes. That's when divorces, rage, all this crap happens. I think the quicker you can talk about stuff, the better. But it has to be done on your terms. You know, nobody can force you to do it. So yeah, I think it's just understanding yourself, being finding solace in who you are and being okay with who you are. And once you're okay with yourself, you can then start to express your feelings a bit better, I think. But again, I'm no I'm no coach, psychiatrist or anything, but that would be my, my five pennies worth is just, you know, try and you can only, you know, start to help others if you help yourself a bit. I mean, you already know me. I already love all of your pennies worth. And so do a lot of people. So <laughs> pennies worth. They yeah. are, they're worth more than just the pennies that you claim they are. I mean, I guess that's why you have five and most people just have two. (laughs) (laughs) Let me put in my two cents and you're like, I have five cents for you. I have five pennies. Five pennies. Yeah, a lot of shit. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to go back a little bit and I'm going to assume, of course, that what we've already talked about is what you give a fuck about. But I'd rather ask you, James. Sure. What do you give a fuck about? What do I give a fuck about? I give a fuck about... I give a fuck, I give a fuck about quite a lot, to be fair. I give a fuck about my friends. I give a fuck about my mum and dad, my wife. The, I'm in the creative community. I'm, I'm very protective of the creative community and the people within it, as long as you're not a dick. But, you know, some people might think I'm a dick. So I think giving a fuck about stuff is important. You know, we all have passion. We all have, we all have a reason to be here you know and i'm saying i'm i'm a scorpio so i'm um yeah woohoo you're scorpio too we, we have the same, same birthday. birthday i forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yeah october 30th baby we all accept we, we both expect presents anybody's listening <laughs> yeah so i mean i'm loyal i'm i'm like a i'm like an old dog i will look after you as long as you're on my side but if you if you're not on my side then I don't give a toss, but that's something else. I'm joking. That is something. <laughs> you're you're selective in the fucks that you yes, give. Yes, I am very selective, but the, for the fucks I do give, I give everything to. So yeah, I so say I'm very passionate about the community that I'm creating and the creative community in general. It's something that I'm very protective over, and I want it to give. I mean, the creative community has given me so much, and I want to give so back so much back to that creative community. So I want to inspire people who are inspired by me to do the same once I'm gone. You know, I want to kind of leave a bit more of a legacy than just my work. I want to leave an impression and an attitude towards our fellow our fellow designers and humans. Um, and I'll say my, my family and my friends, I'm 
extremely many give many fucks about constantly tell my mum and dad i love them i constantly tell my wife i love them you know because one day i'm not going to be here to say that yeah there's um many things i give a fuck about since you give a fuck about a lot of things who would you leave flowers for who what, what? no i love this question i love this question okay so so give me some context i am i am so <laughs> in my life of course i'd probably give flowers to my younger self without them knowing i'd be like i see you keep going dude keep going keep going little girl keep going you got this yeah but i'd probably also i would leave flowers to people who've impacted my life in a way even people i've never met before but just like different artists who've inspired me or different people in my life that i carry with me even if i don't talk to them every day so there are a few friends out there who i don't talk to currently as much as i would like who greatly impacted me when i was dealing with a lot of my shit where they kept me moving in times when i wasn't yeah. So when I ask who would you leave flowers for, it's the people you kind of want to give a nod to besides the people you already give a fuck about because obviously you would give flowers to all of those people. Obviously. Just obviously. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say my mummy. So you, I've got to change no, that. No, you can I? say your mummy. That's perfectly acceptable yeah. <laughs> because I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it would be my, my brother, and my mum and my dad, because however much I've fucked up and however much of a dick I've become, they've always had my back. Always. And it would have been very easy for them to not have given a fuck about me from when the person, the person I had become. And I'd also give them flowers but to let them know that it wasn't their fault. You know, I know my mum and dad feel tough about what happened to me and I know that they take that personally sometimes and I would leave them two sets of flowers just one to say thank you and another one to say it wasn't your fault because I know that they feel sad about that I'm glad you bring that up would you mind diving a little bit deeper into that yeah 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 sure um yeah I mean obviously young boy it's not my choice where I go to school or who I get tutored by or who's my teacher. But I know that, you know, I know their decision-making, what the, you know, obviously the school that they took me to. I, I think as parents, they would naturally hold some responsibility towards what happens to their children because they put them in these situations. And, you know, and I've spoken openly with my mum and dad about this and openly now, not openly in the past, but, you know, openly, we speak about it very openly now. And they're always, I always see them slightly die a little inside when we talk about it because they know that they put me in that situation, even though it wasn't their fault at all. And that's, that's why I'd give them flowers because I, would, I want them to know it's not their fault. But I, I just think it's probably a mama, mama and papa bears instinct isn't it to protect their their cubs i know that they feel responsible for what happened to me because of their decisions and that is why i'd give them some flowers so james i love <laughs> i love who you'd give flowers to i love the reasoning behind it and i know that we are we are wrapping up shortly so first off thank you <laughs> 
I like the word so, Thank apparently. You. Apparently, I like the word so. You say this word so, so many times. I think it's my replacement <laughs> for, like, um. Like, I like the word yeah, so and and. Maybe. Yeah, I do um a lot. Maybe that was my way to. Maybe that was how I dealt with speech therapy. I was told to use and instead of um, and that's kind of what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but what are your future plans? Like, I know that you have a community that you're growing and people that you're encouraging mm-hmm. and a legacy that you want to leave behind and this incredible book that's going to be coming out in a few months' time. But what else is on the horizon for you? Well, you know me, Berta. Um, I'm not a big goal setter. Um, I'm not. Yes, I'm. I'm a big. I'm a more of a habit former than a goal setter. I know if I do wake up every day and work hard, I know good things will happen because they have to date. Um, but you know, I have. There are things that I want to achieve. You know, I do know where I want to be in ten years. I mean, that might sound weird, but I do to people. But I do know where I want to. I want to be in a place where I can positively impact the industry. That's that's what it is for me. Um, I don't know what that is. I don't know in what capacity. I don't know how. But that is where I want to be. So I know I'm going to definitely be doing some coaching and some mentoring soon. I definitely want to have, over the next decade, uh, a nice bunch of courses out um, that will not just help the creative side, but also help mindset-wise, mindset-wise within creativity. But yeah, just I want to, I want to make as much impact, positive impact as possible. And I'll know how that's going to happen when the opportunity lands. I'm not too sure how yet, but it, it will happen. I have no well, doubt. Well, then I guess I have another question for you then, since this is, <laughs> since so... this is a part of your future plans. <laughs> yeah. What kind of mindset would you be willing to share with the listeners? Like any insights about mindsets within creativity? I mean, I, I think when it comes to creativity people spend a lot of time on trying to be creative when they don't spend enough time on themselves you know it's learning hard skills you know learning how to draw learning how to but I think I think people need to spend more time being okay with themselves I think that's I think that's what I'm trying to say I think like I kind of breached upon it I think you can only really start to help people if you if you're okay with who you are personally and I think working on yourself has been well I can only say from personal point of view like working on myself has been a massive contributor on how I can help others the one I suppose a little piece I would let them let well if people want to take anything away is like working you know if you are a logo designer don't just work or read logo books or books on graphic design you know I read I've, I've written a book on creativity and logo design but I hardly read any uh, but all the books I do read are based on mindset habit forming creating routines you know by males and females you know I'm not I think there is a important to have a broad knowledge I mean I read books that I know I'm not going to like because I know I'm going to get stuff out of them because I don't want to be fixed well that, when I say that I know I'm not going to like them, but I get stuff out of them. That kind of means I do like them. I force myself to read stuff that isn't within my wheelhouse, so to speak. The biggest contributor to how I've got to where I've got to today is by opening up my mind to other industries, 
other humans, other people's lives, journeys, rights and wrongs. And yeah, that's that's what I that's all I would say is yeah, be open to the world, not just your own world. Another question I have for you is what aspects of your art show your awesome personality? <sighs> do, you, do you feel that even though you put your logos out into the world with all of these clients, that there is a part of your personality that goes with them? Yeah, very. I mean, I think, yeah, I think my personality is in everything I, I create. And it's probably because of the way I said down to my process, you know, the stories I tell through through visuals. I mean, I think that's the bits and pieces I leave behind for my clients, you know, you know, and the stuff that I share with them. My interpretation of the things they are telling me and how I turn what they would what they would might see as seemingly difficult concepts into simple visuals. So I would say that's where my personality gets popped into my work is by the way I create the stuff I create. That's it. I mean, I'm no, I'm not fucking Einstein or bloody um, Mozart, you know, I'm not. But, you know, I do have a certain way of doing stuff and I feel that my style and my approach to design and the way I work with my clients is possibly something that allows me to leave my little five pennies worth in my um, designs. <laughs> well, James, since we are we are at the wrap-up, where can we find you on the web? I'm all over the titty net. I am, I, I am, where am I? I am, well, basically, if you just type in Made by James into Google, <laughs> I mean, you can come find me. But, I mean, there's, yeah, Made made by James on Instagram. So that's made.by.james on Instagram. Um, www.madebyjames.co is my website. Company website is Baby Giant Design Co. Where else is there, Roberta? There's YouTube, Made by James. Just everywhere. But yeah, just just type just type in "Made by James" and you'll see this face somewhere, and come and say hello. And I, what? And I mean, you're now on Amazon. And I'm also an author on Amazon, which is still very weird. So, but yeah, I'm also on there. But what I, what I would like to we'll just we'll very quickly leave is that if anybody does want to talk to me about some shit that they're going through come and find me because I'm happy to listen. And that's an open invitation to anybody. I do not judge. I have been through some shit and I'm happy to listen. I love that. But you already know, I love you already so much, James. You've done so much for the creative community. You've done so much just by being who you are and willing to listen and willing to talk and willing to show the shit. I love you too. (laughs) I don't cry (laughs) alright well I guess this is a goodbye but not for long for for now not for long of course we'll we'll probably chat in about 15 minutes (laughs) (laughs) well to the listeners thanks again for listening it would be awesome if you took the time to subscribe and if you want to send me your thoughts to continue the conversation or of course like James said you could hit him up you can email me at info at happyimpulse.com or you can find me on Instagram at happyimpulse. And as always, thank you for giving a fuck. And James, thank you for giving a fuck. Thank, 
<laughs> Thank you for giving a fuck. It's been a lot of fun. And hey, it's Friday night, so I can go and get drunk now. It's going to be great. I love that.